Welcome to Crouch, Bind, Set, the podcast where we talk about rugby, especially the front row. I'm John, and joining me are Dylan and JT. Let's get into this week's action. All right, boys, how was the week? Week's been good, you know, not too bad. Never thought I'd have to speak to like a, a travel agent, border security, random customs, random Sony, like... Uh, Customer service all in the same week for just a pair of speakers, but yeah, it's been a good week. Like what are you mom. hiding in the speakers? Nothing. Just trying <laughs> to get speakers on a damn plane. No okay. one gave me an answer. Speakers on a plane. <laughs> yeah. yeah, the less successful movie. <laughs> <laughs> Dylan, how was your week? That's pretty good as well. Busy, and I mentioned off camera. You know, the uh, Arnold Strongman Classic was this weekend. Excellent. Shout out to our Canadian friend from Barrie, won it for second year in a row. No sure. Yeah. Very strong man. Oh, Very strong dominating. man. Here. He's dominating the strong man scene. So speakers on a plane, who would be your lead actor? Ooh, that's a tough call. <laughs> Samuel Jackson. Why do I... Would he be he straight up got the voice. Well? Why do I immediately think Vanilla Ice? <laughs> I mean, work. Yeah. I, I don't know. That's just where my head went. Yeah. All right. Just a, a housekeeping note, gentlemen. So the missus finished a night shift. She is upstairs sleeping. So we're going to need to keep that in mind. So here's the important things. First, we're going to try to avoid a waker. Secondly, if you hear the door open, you run. Check. Mm. Okay? I will take care of things. I will be like Gandalf. There we go. You know, fighting a sexy Balrog. I've got a gimp hip, so... Can't be a regular one? trip Watts on my way out. My wife is not a regular Ooh. Balrog, thank you okay. very much. No, she's a very sexy Balrog. <laughs> I'm going to just jump the window. <laughs> <laughs> Don't jump out that window. Okay, I'll open it first. Oh, that's kind. Yeah, I appreciate that. No, I got the the very exciting news this week that because uh, this is this weekend is when I'm going down to North Carolina for the Romance Audiobook Convention oh, yeah. as yeah, a featured right. narrator. This is my trip to adventure. First time I've done one of these. So everybody who's listening that's to the great. pod, I'll let you know how that goes next week. We'll be recording a little bit later because I'll be getting back a little later. So it'll be later on in the week. Don't forget to go. live stream everything. Oh, yeah. no. <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah. Okay, on the first night in an activity I'm not participating in. Uh, <laughs> okay, open to the imagination. So there, so there is a line. Enter thought now. <laughs> yeah. cool. In an event I will not be participating in, they're going to, uh, the romance book fans are going to be joining a fictitious motorcycle gang at a uh, dive bar. It's called A Night with the Knights because they're Satan's Knights, apparently. They feature in uh, one of the author's romance novels. I guess the night, Saints Knights can fight. I hope they Well, no, so actually, I make don't a, Make know. a friend, you'll be safe. I don't want to know. Actually, I made incredible friends with, with uh, motorcycle gang members when I went down to Vegas. So I you, still got a supporters card for the So you know how to get friends. in with them. Good yeah. friends. Yeah. Good friends. You see, I don't know if these guys, because they're not a real motorcycle gang, so are they are they, are they going to extend the same hand of friendship? Or are they going to be kind of posing? Yeah, fake tough. You know, that's what I'm worried about. Yeah. I don't know. It seems like you want to find out, though. This is what I'm hearing. I'm not going to say no. I'm not going to oh, say no. Oh, no, I've stumbled upon this event. I guess I'll stay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I will report back. <laughs> For some reason, as soon as you said, like, a fictitious motorcycle gang thing, I just thought of Grease. I don't know why. I'm just seeing a bunch of audio guys just dressed up in leather. Ooh. See, my brain froze. Like, wow. seconds to make any connection. I just stopped yeah, thinking. I don't yeah. No, apparently they're hiring, like... Weird morning. Apparently yeah. they're, they're hiring, like, book cover models to be the gang. 
Okay, that doesn't sound that bad, actually. It sounds pretty decent now. Well, a night with the knights. If I'd only paid extra, I'd be there. Yeah. But it would have felt awkward. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess you want to go, but it's the price. It's uh, making it, sense now. This this is a business trip. This is for the business of audiobooks. Anything else that happens is just purely yeah. for science. Speaking of, uh, what's just started a new one? Um, uh, it's uh, Haas's former team principal, uh, Gunther. Oh, Gunther! Yeah, he narrates his own audio. Yeah, narr- Man, that guy's hilarious. I not a bad lo- book. I just started watching Drive to Survive. Yeah, I just finished it. Oh yeah. my god, it's I'm on episode six or seven. Yeah, it's good. Eh? It's so good. Yeah, but that's not what we're here for. Technically, we're supposed to be talking about rugby. Although it's our cast, we'll talk what we want. <laughs> yeah, that's true. We can talk about whatever yeah. we want. But what I would say is that I had the reverse Midas touch this weekend. Every game I watched was shit. Oh, okay. <gasps> wow. Oh, my. I know. That might have been my fault for watching South African rugby. You do not have the Midas touch. Oh, nice. Fact, I actually enjoyed that game. Which one? At Which least one? The, the Bulls game. I sharks, I just caught, oh, caught, I was caught the say, highlights. Our, our friend Ashley might stab me if you say you enjoyed that Sharks game. Oh. Yeah, no. Unfortunately to Ash, I watched the replay, the highlights of that game, and I I don't understand his pain because I never really liked the Sharks, but they are on a downward spiral, and all they're going to keep doing is signing Springboks and turning them to shit. So, it's bad. Congrats. I mean, it's bad. Yeah, because they were like top six last year in the league, and they should have won once. Yeah. Yeah, you would think it's not an Everett. It wasn't Everett, their former coach's problem. It's clearly a problem there, right? Money's yeah. not fixing I mean, they do have some money. Money's not fixing it because they're just signing anyone yeah. they want, really. Well, look at Bristol, right? Yeah. I mean, you know, yeah. talk about throwing money at a situation and not getting any better. Yeah, I don't... Uh, oh, like oh, Matter will help next year. Oh. Yeah, and Bradbury's apparently going back to Edinburgh. Just trade feel, places? I think trade uh, Well, it makes flats. sense. They need an eight, right? Yeah. They might as well bring Bradbury home, especially if he's in the Scotland camp. Yeah, he's... Yeah, he's Bristol did his move to Bristol did what I was hoping he was gonna do and kind of just I didn't mean reinvent him. He just found a he was able to get a long run of games together and he's found form again because again Edinburgh's not short on yeah. back rows. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, he and, when he first started he kind of like blew up for a little bit. You kind of like because you see like random highlight clips all over the yeah. place of this guy and then kind of faded away a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I think he struggled to find because I mean once Jamie Ritchie came into his own and all of a sudden you basically were just trying to battle. Either Richie for six or Matta for eight. Right. Yeah. Yeah, good luck. Tough job. Tough job. Yeah. So, having established the games I watched were just garbage. So, you watched both the South African games? I did. Uh, Did you like the Smash versus Flash, Stormers (laughs) Bulls? You know what? They they commented on that, they hyped that up, but I didn't really find it to be necessarily true. Really? No. It's just, I don't know, man. It, It just wasn't great. And then I. The only game I'm holding out any hope for is one that's still coming up, which is Toulouse, or excuse me, La Rochelle versus Claremont. Or is it Toulouse? Oh, oh I yeah. don't know. I didn't watch any top 14. Yeah, I'm still waiting on the top 14. No, I didn't. Anyhow, I watched. So, what, Dylan, what was your favorite game of the weekend? Well, honestly, uh, I mean, again, as a Glasgow guy, I liked that game, but it was, uh, it was a funny one. They won 19-9 over Benetton, but I, I think if you didn't know that they were both top four and, like, battling for the top... You might have thought it wasn't a great game, mm. but knowing that they're both at the top of the league, you realize it was just they were being a lot more, they're trying to be more tactical, and because Glasgow usually plays a just free flowing game from anywhere, and it works. And they even commented about that during a game where 
uh, what they did yesterday to Benetton was just they dominated the territory. Mm. They just kept pinning them, pinning them, pinning them, pinning them. And then, like they said, they noticed, well, Stafford McDowell said after the game, they knew going in. Mm-hmm. Benetton apparently, again, apparently, because I didn't know this, they leave that area behind the rock pretty uh, vulnerable and wide open okay. on defense. That's why Dobby kept just still destroying them with yeah. short little box kicks, and it basically won them the game. Because mm. they ended up, one of them times, they ended up leading to McDowell's try. So should we email Benetton and let them know, or just wait until they figure it oh, out? Oh, they probably know, because it was like, <laughs> it was a very short man-of-the-match speech McDowell had, and it was, 50% of it was just, yeah, we were going in, they leave that spot open, so we just kept kicking it. <laughs> God, that's kind of brutal, that was, actually. That was all they did. For a professional yeah. team. That, it wasn't an overly exciting game, but it was uh, it was a good game if you if you knew going uh, okay. in. I if you knew you. going in that it was like top, and now yeah. Glasgow won, so now they're in third, and Edinburgh in fourth or fifth now. You know, and, and if you have skin in the game. Like yeah, you got exactly. a team that you want to win, you're going to walk away happy because it's like maybe that wasn't the best spectacle but the right result. Mm-hmm. One for the purest type of thing. So what about, what yeah. about you, JT? What was your favorite game? Uh, watched, I'm guessing it was Super Rugby. It was. I watched most. I actually watched all of them. But um, <clears throat> the game How's between... sleep schedule? <laughs> Trick question. You don't have like one? Five and a half hours. Yeah. <laughs> um, the Drew Pacifica game oh. was like... It was. I watched the highlights. Man, it was a great game. It was a great game, and so was the Chiefs Brumbies game. Just because they're both very good teams, established teams, and stuff like that. For me, it was just un fucking believable. Anyone that thinks I don't know. For me, anyone that thinks Super Rugby is dead and this and that, oh. I think is wrong. I think I love the Prem. I love watching the mm. Prem. There's a lot of games that I enjoy watching. I like watching the Scottish teams in the URC. I do like watching Munster play, but for for me, Super Rugby is still like that entertainment thing where it's oh, yeah. it's just about let's throw the ball around, let's attack, let's do everything we can. And those two games, I think, show exactly what they could do. Even the War Toss Crusaders game, even mm. though it went the complete opposite way, I think yeah. out of ninety nine percent of people thought, right? Fuck it, probably even the War Toss. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Great games to watch. I gotta say, uh, watching because I watched the extended highlights, I didn't catch the entire games. But it just felt like such a breath of fresh air compared to some of the very dour northern... I mean, I know these are stereotypes, but it's still kind of true. Northern Hemisphere games uh, can be pretty flippin' dour. Like, even though Ireland is a high-scoring team, they tend to lock things down and go according to a very particular schedule or routine or plan, whatever you want to call it, but... The Super Rugby just seems to be so free-flowing. Yeah. I think if it's if you do catch any highlights, the thing that's most evident about all of that, too, is like you watch the Hurricanes-Reds game. It's very free-flowing. It, it's punch for punch. Someone scores a try, someone, someone counters with another try. Until the golden point at the end of the game, when it's winner takes all, winner yeah. scores the first point, right. that's when you see kicking. All right, of a sudden, exactly. territory is massive yeah. now right. yeah. because you don't want to be caught wrong-footed because that's the game for you. That's when it became that sort of typical tit-for-tat, we're going to try to feel you out, try to get territory type right. of thing. Whereas the first 80 minutes, it was just punch, punch, punch. The amount of collisions, again, also that, like the one thing I, I was surprised is the collisions in Super mm. Rugby. Like, the Chiefs, the reason the Chiefs beat the Brumbies was they just destroyed them in the contact zone. Everything about it. Post-contact meters were ridiculous, whereas the Brumbies had none of it. Hmm. It was it's good games to watch. The Chiefs are, if I had to pick, based on what I've seen so far, Blues look really good, but if I had to pick someone to win this year because of just what I saw in the last, first two rounds, I think the Chiefs are on fire. I don't think, fire. I don't think you can put anybody else in, their, in that category right now. 
they're yeah. just like there's some good teams, but the, the way, Chiefs are way above. The way they play, they still have to like. I think it's just the last play, the last phase, the last pass that needs to be corrected. But everything setting up, it kind of gave you like it reminded me a bit of like Ireland. Just like it seemed, the setup was there, the flow was there, out the backs, pressures at the line, mm. contact at the line. Everything was just really, really impressive. And then with Nani Surtur on the wing, like it's just yeah. the dude was unreal in that game. One mention though was the Brumbies Corey Tool. Oh, two tries in two weeks. Unreal. He doesn't look big. He's got three. He's no three tries in two weeks because he scored two this week and he scored two last week. Okay, so okay, I get what you're saying two, now. Two, Sorry, two. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean two total. What are you talking about? But you actually yeah. call that four. If yeah, Maya. If you uh, <laughs> yeah. if you if you see him, he's not your typical like Wallaby wall wing because he's not very big. He's just fast. It's what they're missing. Just I think. fast. Well, I think one the, of the things. Yeah, with the new coach, I think this guy has a that guy has a chance, man. Mm. He scored a try out of nothing. Literally kicked chip and chase over the top, bounced in between three Chiefs players, and yeah. he's the one that came. And up he with just it. cruised through it, like just yeah. right ran right onto it. Yeah, I, again, yeah. just smaller in stature compared to a lot of other wings, but yeah, it looks good, man. And like I said, Super Rugby just it's fucking on fire, man. Does this get back to what we've alluded to before? about in within the context of the Six Nations and maybe even within the context of the Prem, teams less playing to win than not to lose. Yeah, it's... I mean, agree or disagree, it's, I don't know. Honestly, it sounds, I, was, I was thinking, I can't remember the exact thoughts I was having this morning, but sometimes I find when I watch Super Rugby versus Prem specifically in Six Nations, because I think URC kind of tries to find the middle. I agree. Still working on it. But it, it almost doesn't seem like you're watching the same sport at mm-hmm. times. Where, like, I think with Super Rugby, I think, I don't know if it's a Southern Hemisphere thing, like a lifestyle thing, but they seem to be less phased by a mistake that doesn't right. cripple them and, like, just freeze them up. They just kind of, like a good quarterback in football, they just move on and carry on from it and get over it. I think that kind of oozes out into the play. It's one of the things that makes, in the Northern Hemisphere, that makes Finn Russell so interesting. Yeah, that's exactly the person I was thinking he, about, yeah. He shrugs like it exception. off. Yeah. yeah, he is the exception. Yeah. But I, I think you make a fair point if you're looking at George Ford, if you're looking at Jalabert, yeah. you know, then you're looking at people who are, no, they're supposed to play to the system. Yeah. It's, I mean, potentially it's one of the reasons why Marcus Smith may be the biggest almost yeah. in terms of 10s for England. Memory of a goldfish, that lasso. Yeah. Right? Shrug yeah. it off, move on. Like, what are you going to do next? But generally, that's probably the best way to rate people is not based on their mistakes, is their, their recovery. Next action. Their the very next, action. Yeah, the next yeah, move. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. What are you going to do now? Like, yeah, get it. Uh, yeah, I think, which is weird because in, in Super, like, the, the skills, the level of skills are so, so high. Mm. Like, even Reese Patchell playing at the Islanders, just like, oh. I've seen him play before. And I didn't know he had this kind of game in him. Apparently, he, cause he he does play to the line. Yeah. But I don't think I've ever actually seen him offload like that under the arm and stuff like no. that. No. But that takes two to tangle, right? If, right? if you have one person who can do it, you still need people to run onto it, people who are going to see yeah. that, have the foresight to see it's coming, right? So he looks like he fits in with Fakatava at the Highlanders. Oh, geez. Just the two of them that makes the team look so much better. And with the Blues being on fire... One thing I did enjoy, the Blues have just Clark and Tellia. Two perfectly easy names to say on the <laughs> Yeah, <way>. I know. <laughs> right? And the Highlanders, oh my god. Oh my god. But the Blues Blues look good. I, again, if if you haven't watched Super Rugby in a bit, I'd recommend it. It's just, it's fun to watch. Mm-hmm. Whereas everything else in the North is like, it's very um, system-orientated in a way. And you're right, not many people want to make a mistake. 
It's almost like they're scared. It's almost like watching Northern Hemisphere. That's like these guys know this is my job, what I'm doing. And like that's always at the forefront of their mind. But like Super Rugby, it's like I love this game and I'm gonna have fun. It's 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 almost got that feel sometimes. It's, it's weird. It's, it's weird. Yeah. it definitely is a contrast. And I mean the contrast between Northern and Southern Hemisphere has always been there, but it seems to be particularly marked right now. Yeah. Like the contrasts are crazy. But when it comes to the Northern Hemisphere, one of the things we saw this week in our second fallow week was, boy, did people have things to say. Wow. Eligibility, baby. It's all oh, about eligibility. Yeah, I know. So I know. All about eligibility. I mean, the joke is, it was the Telegraph that came out with that article. And the joke is, is that England is going to complain every single time that the rules are something that means they can't win. Yeah. It's been a long period of time. <laughs> yeah. But the the debate surfaces periodically. I find it weird. Uh, I don't know about you guys when it comes to this whole thing about nationality and eligibility. Uh, where do you guys come down on this? I mean, so I think the biggest, I guess the biggest guy that came out was probably Duhan van der Murder. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. Oh, Max Lahif, the wordsmith. Yeah. That was oh, a great rant. Amazing, man. So yeah, I guess that was like sort of the biggest sticking point is because van der Murder destroyed England by himself. Yeah. All this nonsense, but van der Murder's career never really <clears throat> came to. Sorry. He was still a professional rugby player, but it never reached the heights it was possible, I think, if he didn't do the Edinburgh deal. No. Because he played four games for Mal, um, in France for... Uh, Montpellier. Montpellier. Didn't really, didn't really yeah. do it. Really I think he had them. two games with the Bulls before he yeah. left. Yeah, so like, he didn't really get much of a chance anywhere he went. And then at Edinburgh, he finally got some consistent game time. People trusted him. Yeah, it's like, hey, look at this giant cyborg. Let's put him on the wing and just let him play. Yeah. And his career flourished. And then... Like Bundyaki. Yeah. When yeah, he came exactly. to Ireland. Yeah. Except James Lowe, fuck that guy. Well, but yeah. But he's playing. Yeah. Well, yeah. Bundy's not, the, we don't count James Lowe. Yeah. But, but he's, 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 right. he's, he's right. having the form of his life. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. Gibson Park. Gibson Park. Like, so but, what, do, what do you think, Dylan? So like, is this the issue that people are arguing that it is? I think it's no matter what, people are going to argue it uh, regardless. Because like, the perfect example is uh, the, the uh, Duhon there. Okay, so he hit the three-year thing, which I don't actually like the three-year residency, or the five-year for that matter, mm. but I'll get that back into that in a second. Um, when he hit that three-year deal, and people were all, obviously, he's going right in camp. Can you imagine if he didn't, they didn't bring him in? Mm. They would have, you would have been hung even more. Townsend might have been fired on the spot. Right. So it's like, people just love to complain regardless. Right. Right but, in a Exactly. You know, life. Yeah. <laughs> but the, uh, for me, like, I think it's, I've had a, I don't remember who, it might have been one of the two of you, it probably was, but I know a couple years ago I said, like, I think with the residency, once you qualify in a residency, residency, I think if you, let's just use Vandenberg as an example, when he went to uh, Worcester, wherever you want to say it, mm. 8,000 ways, I don't know. <laughs> uh, I think if you qualify for country on a residency and then you play, you move in their country to keep playing, I think you should not be allowed to go anymore. Okay. It's just an interesting thing, and I, I also don't like the residency thing anyway, where I think, like, the example I'll probably use, to be honest, would be uh, Toby Felatow or the Vinopolas. I mean, you're there from when you're like 10 years old. Right. I think that sh- that is fine because you essentially, that is where you, like, the country you grew up learning the game. I have no problem with that. But when you come over at like 25, 26, three years, like James Lowe, 25, three years later, boom, you're not Irish. Like, see. I got a curveball for you. Okay, I go. love it. Harlow Queen's in England back row. Uh, Chandler cutting himself. Yeah, I know. Moved Born in England, moved to New Zealand. At four, I know. Properly educated in rugby in New Zealand, then went back to England. Yeah, so the, my my argument again with that would be 
say that he definitely grew up, I'm assuming, in a house with English parents, or yeah. at least one. Yeah. So he always had ties. Kind of like with Hamish Watson. He never lived in Scotland until he started playing pro. Playing pro. But he grew up in England in a house where it was all decked out with Scotland gear because his family is Scottish. See, so it's kind of like if you're of I me, mean, if you're qualified from birth, whatever. See, here, here's here's my thing, and this is where it gets. I think that these discussions can get kind of weird, because on the one hand, it's like we don't want mercenaries. We don't want people who are marketing their skills to whoever will have them and they don't give a damn about the jersey they put on. We want to see people who care about the jersey they wear. And I think that's fair. I think that's reasonable. Yeah. But where it gets weird is in the whole, well, what did your parents do? Where did your parents live? Did your parents have a St. Andrew's cross in their house? Yeah. Which can open up a whole other can of worms, mm-hmm. but never mind. Yeah. But... I mean, the thing is, is that, like, just as an example, my entire lineage is Irish, right? My family name is Irish. We can trace my ancestors all the way back in Ireland. La, 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 la. It's funny considering who you look like. Jesus Christ. (laughs) (laughs) We're not. Never mind. Okay. But I've never been to Ireland. Bundiaki is more Irish than I am. Yeah. And I think that that has to be recognized. Like, I could qualify for Irish residency, not to play rugby, God help me, but I could qualify for Irish residency based on, on my family, all that kind of stuff. Bundiaki lives there. He's lived there for years. He's raised his children there. For God's sakes, give the, cut the guy some slack. He's more freaking Irish than I am. Yeah. And that has to be recognized, too. Yeah. So I agree with the feeling of if somebody puts the jersey on, we want them to understand that the jersey means something, that it matters. But if the only people, for example, who could play for Canada were people who emerged fully formed from a lake of maple syrup and cut down a tree with their first bite, you know, what the and hell? a t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> what, what are we getting into with this? That doesn't, that doesn't make any sense. I, I don't think it's right. I think it gets weird. Yeah. It's funny if we did that based on the country you were born in. Canada would have Luke McGraw at nine and uh, Ewan Ashman as the hooker. Yeah, yeah it's, a, it's, a, it's a debate doesn't mean anything anymore. I think no. it's, it doesn't matter anymore. It's the world professional sports. I mean, you have to provide, at the end of the day, these guys are trying to provide for their families. I understand there might be some forethought about playing somewhere at one point. Sure. But you still have to be good enough. Yep. Right? Like, it's not just show up and they give you the jersey. Right. You have to be good Yeah, enough, exactly. Right? So... All right, like the old joke, if you went down to the States and you picked up a hockey stick and spoke in French, they were like, oh, shit, come on, get on the ice. Yeah. <laughs> Starting center. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, and it's like anything in the world, man. It's like, if you're top-level executive at any company in the world... Another company is going to want you. It doesn't matter your nationality. It doesn't matter. They just want the best available. They yeah. just want whoever the best people are available. And sometimes a Bundy was the best available at the time, went to a random little team in And he Ireland. refuses to leave that team. And That's he doesn't love, right. love it. Yeah. Right? Love it. Like, the Gibson Park and Low one are a little bit more different because they were, like, they were specifically targeted for specific skill sets. Sure. Yeah. And then they broke through. James Lowe is a little bit different because he did eventually play for the Mario All Blacks. He did eventually yeah. get close to the All Blacks. But he still had to buy his time. He still had to take a gamble. He still had to move halfway across the world and risk everything. Right. So it's, an, it's a debate that doesn't mean anything. And the only reason it's being brought up is because one dickhead with a fucking column or a paper decided to write something. Yeah. It's, England, yeah. it's the England wine. Which we're is, not winning. <clears throat> and the reason we're not winning is because everybody else is cheating. Yeah. Except us. Except us. Sit down, Vunapolis. 
Yeah. Too late. Don't put your hands up right now. It's too late. Which, yeah. I'm happy you mentioned. So. Yeah, I'm happy you mentioned the Maori All Blacks thing with Low because that keeps coming up. Yeah. But it's not mentioned with Gibson Park. He paid for them eight times. Yeah. Yeah. Which is it's like, it's funny. It's like hey, you're just you're, you're you have an issue with a certain guy, and now you're gonna find yeah, yeah, things exactly. to. Gibson like Park. okay, so by that is Cam Redpath only allowed to play for France then. Like this is where I get us. We're saying this is how it's so funny. Really, really went poor, right? Yeah, exactly. Like, where you born? It's like Cam Rampat cannot be more Scottish. Scottish legend. Like I like I say, this is where this whole discussion gets weird, and nobody wants to actually admit that this discussion isn't really about national character or anything like that, because everybody steps real carefully when they start talking about it. As soon as you get close to urination, you start to get okay. How do I reword this? Yeah. Did you just say urination? Maybe, why not? But your home nation. <laughs> you got a weird thing on your mind there? Okay. I, okay, wow. Denied, deflect, reaccuse. All right. Listen, we're talking about tactic. Yeah, Good tactic. Is, yeah well, exactly. we, we know they're well established. But it yeah. is, it's weird. And it's weird that we keep having these discussions. We know what the rules are, just go with the rules. But in terms of also talk and talk and more talk, Bungi and Banambi, plastic energy. I. I love it. That term yeah. is great. Yeah, when you're winning everything, it's it's great to talk shit. Eh? Oh yeah. Oh, I just, I just, I think that, I think that is a hilarious. Phrase. I don't yeah. remember a lot of talk coming out of that camp prior to 2017. No, it's quite quiet actually. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. It's, in fairness, he's not wrong. I no. mean, I just did like the part. Was like plastic energy was funny, but then it's like they have to scrum against us. That part was just like peak. Peak humble right there. Oh, yeah, it was a flex. Peak humble. Yeah, it was a flex. Hey, man, when you fucking, I guess when you win everything, well, not everything because they still can't win certain things, but uh, when you win a World Cup, I guess you (laughs) win scrums. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Right? Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. So, do you think he's right? Like, are we, one of the things when I started watching rugby that I loved compared to, for example, American football was in American football, the, the celebrations that would come when somebody ran a yard. Yeah. Or when somebody made a tackle. And it's like, settle the hell down. You know, or the famous words, touchdown celebrations. When you get there, act like you've been there yeah, before. Exactly. And yeah, exactly. That's actually one of the first things my dad told me when I started <laughs> playing. It's like, you score, you don't act like an idiot. Yeah. and I always don't, lo- Basically, don't be surprised that you did the job, essentially. Yeah. yeah. And I always loved that about rugby. It was a yeah. point of difference for me. Yeah. And I feel like... What's going on now? And the English are particularly bad for it, and Ben Earl catches a lot of heat for it, uh, among others. Is this level of celebration something that we're like, yay, this is what rugby needs? Or are we saying, no, get lost with this shit, with right. this plastic energy? We don't need it. We don't no. Need it. But if that's really what's going to make the difference for Ben Earl, then power to him. I, I could care less. I don't say it bugs me. It's annoying. But as long as, like, if you're going to keep doing it, you got to show up. The, yeah. mo- the moments you don't Eventually. show up, like you start fucking up. Like he got burned by Venda Venda Murder the other day. Yeah, right. So it's like it, it co- again. It comes with a lot, right? Yeah. So maybe hush up a little bit, better. <laughs> yeah, no. No, like he's playing well. So as long as he keeps playing well, you do what you got to do. But until then, like it's the days, the days will come where you're gonna have a couple bad days. You need to kind of tone it down. Unlike the guy for Canada who wears ninety nine and sevens. Yeah. <laughs> In the LA Sevens, where we lost all four pool matches without even getting a bonus point, get that '99 jersey off your back. Yeah, don't you dare think about just flipping it upside down because don't do Mario with me like that. <laughs> <laughs> Another Canadian legend. For those of you who didn't know, yeah, 
Uh, did you guys happen to catch Dupont's crossfield kick yep. in the sevens? I did. I caught a couple clips of him just doing what he does with less people on the field. But the guy's insane, man. He's he is the once in a generation athlete. Yeah, yeah, he definitely is. He's uh, Aaron Smith's still favorite nine I think I've ever seen play the game, but he's just Dupont's just different. Yeah. He's just different. He's got his pass isn't as sharp as you would say Smith is. That's the one yeah. thing that was always different with Smith. Like his point pass was on point and fast. But Dupont's strong, fast kicks. Like he's got vision. He can do things. Like if you do not pay attention to where he is on the field, he is going to destroy you yeah. single handedly. Yeah. And we can see that in both codes. Yeah. His his support, yeah, exactly. his supporting lines are it's, just ridiculous. I don't, I don't yeah, know. the the vision he has to run those supporting lines is astonishing. They are only, France is only going to get better. They're going to play. I think they have another four or five tournaments with him mm. before the Olympics. Right. They're only going to get better with this guy on the field. Right. Everyone will be better at the Olympics. That's just how it's going to be. But France will be more in rhythm, more in tune, more cohesion with the best player on the planet at the moment. And I would see them doing. Pretty decent, especially at a home tournament. It's home Olympics, sorry. Yeah, that worked out well for the World Cup. <laughs> yeah, we learned <laughs> No, I'm not messing with you. But it's it. You, you'd hope. What scares me the most? You said like guys, the cohesion that might come with him being there. Sorry, that will come with him being there right. more often. A rising tide lifts all boats. Yes, that's, that's a great saying. I hear that's. What but uh, where I was trying to go with that was. Uh, I'm in a game like sevens. Even the slow guy in the like field, Noah's he's not slow. Here, he's just less fast. So if you get everybody on that sevens field used to the way he's going to run through something, running off that, he, whoever that guy is that runs off that line, they're smart enough to see it. They're going right. because they're all fast. Matter of time, right? France just flare, right? Matter yeah, exactly. In Aussie rules, they used to call them the crummers, the guys who would just surf off the crumbs. Oh, I'm like, okay. <laughs> Hey, As a guy like, who most like of my goals in hockey were garbage shoveling and rebounds, I'll, I'll take it. Heck yeah. It's a compliment. I do miss Aussie rules for those kind of things. They used to call the small guys who would uh, be involved in the passing the mosquito fleet. There we go. Ooh. I, that sounds rough to deal with, actually. The mosquito? Who, who wants to deal with the mosquito fleet? Yeah, I don't even want one. No, it's <laughs> like the old, uh, it's like that question that went around the internet about who you want to, to fight with you when it came to the animals and everyone was picking the one million rats. Yeah. Because oh, yeah. it's a million rats, man. Yeah, it's just a lot you have to acknowledge yeah. <laughs> like at once. <laughs> anyway, we kind of got a bit off tangent here. Uh, so then there was also European rugby, the European Championship. Yeah. Georgia. Oh. Georgia. They found top gear and never left it. Yeah. It was absolutely astonishing. And then on top of everything else, I think Georgia's first three tries were scored on the outside. Yeah. Certainly the first two. Yeah. That's yeah, odd Yeah. Yeah, the name you said. Yeah, uh, <laughs> that first one. He man, that was a, that was a he had top work to level do. finish. He had work to do. Yeah, and uh, the funny one to me was if you if you looked at it quick, you'd think, oh, it was a bad pass he had to gather. It wasn't. He was so he he actually wasn't back far enough. He yeah. had no depth. Yeah, at all, and to be able to still gather that in and finish when he did, I, I couldn't believe it. I just like wow, because actually when I was I, I only caught like a fifteen minute highlight of it, but when they right. showed that one, I'm like why are they showing? Oh. Yeah. I thought it was gonna be like I thought it was gonna get like smashed into touch. But. No, Georgia continues to impress, and they really did look like they had a very well-rounded game. Yeah, entries into twenty-two is still a problem for them. Their strike rate, really? Oh yeah, super low. Yeah, mm. that's their one of their biggest. I think that was one of their biggest problems was uh, getting into the twenty-two is not so much a problem because they do have they do very well set piece. It's just strike rate very bad. Wow, very bad. Well, they'd fit right in with half the Six Nations though. 
<laughs> Especially England. Yeah. What do they got? What was Dylan it? holding nothing back this week. <clears throat> six tries. No, I'm just waiting to somehow bring Daly into this. He wouldn't have finished that try. <laughs> no, he would not. No. You put Tabazadze against Daly. Daly's getting out of the way and saying, yeah. you man. Which, yeah, he would have done what he did on the uh, the first Stuhan try last week where he just, oh no, he just, it's so funny. Like, if you watch from a couple angles, he's, you know, he's backtracking. And I don't know if he thought the pass, Duhan was going to pass for some reason five meters out, but he watched, he just, out of nowhere, he just soars through the middle of the screen, touching nobody. But he chose to do that. He just yes. leaped. It was a magnificent failure. It was so funny to watch. Oh, uh, yeah. it's just yeah. Had to bring him in somehow. The loathing is real. Yeah. But then the other semifinal where we saw Netherlands against Poland. Did you guys watch that game? Were the highlights? Yeah, that was the um, relegation sort of version. Yeah, of I was gonna say no. I got dropped or whatever. The, I saw the highlights. Germany I saw some highlights. and somebody. What's that? Germany and somebody. No, anyway, no. But anyway, it was Netherlands, Poland. I can't remember. Yeah, I didn't catch that one. Netherlands. Germany, Belgium. Yes, that was Netherlands absolutely destroyed Poland. It yeah. was a shredding. Yeah. Yeah, it was, it was actually astonishing. There was no contest between them. And the Dutch hooker looks like a character from Asterix and Obelix. It was just absolutely astonishing. He just like, hello, I am Jeez. big jolly fellow. Yeah. I don't know why. I mean, every team obviously has a hook. For some reason, the term Dutch hooker made me laugh. I don't know. <laughs> that one. I don't know. Well, there was the fact that the game was being played in Amsterdam, and every single time that the ball went dead, they were playing super club music. Yeah. It was incredible. Keep spirits up. And throw. Yeah. Keep spirits like up. Party. Oh well. It seems like they might have figured this out. It was a party for for the Dutch, that's for sure. For the Netherlands. No party like a Dutch party. For the Netherlandish. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, any other observations from this weekend? Uh, aside from, I would say. Uh, the second fallow week is starting to piss me off. It's like all the momentum, all the momentum in the tournament just went. Yeah, I think they they uh, they get rid of the second one or the first one. I'm not sure which one. They get rid of one of them in. Uh, I'd say it's 2026. Wait, they do or you're yeah, suggesting? They do. Uh, no, they do. Apparently, they do in 2026 oh, with the new schedule. So they get rid of one of them. So one of the weeks will be three in a row. Which is, like, it's a lot, like, don't get me wrong, it's a lot of rugby, I get it, it's top-level rugby, it's tight and stuff like that, but you're losing a lot of momentum. Yes. The league is being, like, the URC, even the URC playing a game yeah. here and there in between the foul weeks, it's just weird. Prem not being played for seven, eight weeks, it's just odd. Like, <laughs> in North, not even North America, we have one week off in most North American sports for the All-Star game, and people hate it. Yeah, I know. Yeah, that's true. You know what I mean? Like, in North, I would say North America has a very good way of doing and presenting sports to people. Yeah, that's a fair point. Right? I mean look at all the look at all the excitement around the NFL combine yeah. this weekend. Yeah. Can't wait to watch this guy bench press. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. I don't know but like people they are into hide, it. They yeah, got, they people get here parties right? to watch well, guy bench. And I feel like because it's like they give you these random stats like some of the more famous players that people know and they'll be like, this is what he did. This is what he did. Can yeah. he beat him? Can he do this? Right? They gl- gl- glitz and glamour. Yeah right? exactly. North America knows how to do sports. They I do it very well. I'm yeah. always surprised how other sports don't sort of try to take things from that. Yeah, it's a good point. I wonder how much of that is because rugby's roots are English. And within English sports for such a very long time, 
there was a kind of disdain for the professional athlete. That it was all supposed to be about gifted amateurs and giving the impression of flawlessness uh, just by dint of natural gifts in your own spirit. But, I mean, for anybody who's looked at English sport for any length of time, uh, you'll see this kind of disdain for the professional athlete, that it's simply not done. If you've never watched the movie Chariots of Fire, uh, I strongly recommend it, even though it has very little to do with rugby. There's a small amount of, that it has to do with rugby. Uh, and weirdly enough, that year it beat out uh, Indiana Jones and for uh, Best Picture. Wow. Or oh, Raiders of the Lost Ark, excuse me, for Best Picture, which was seen as scandalous. Scandalous. <laughs> now, my parents were very happy, though. It's like art film, there's still a place for it instead of this sensationalism. They wouldn't let me watch Raiders of the Lost Ark. So God, it kind of, it's a decent segue, too, because you can talk about like the schedule itself. Like Take Northern Hemisphere, for example. It's the top 14 Prime URC playing all around from September till May, June. You got Six Nations in there, and then you got Champions Cup in there. The Champions Cup and League play, it's kind of like, I would imagine it's like the soccer model, where you're mm. throwing a bunch of cups in between. Right. right? Yeah. Rugby doesn't have that ability to play two games a week. No. So I don't think that stuff works. No. no. Sometimes two weeks in a row is rough. It's just shooting the shit with six foot ten giant, like shooting the shit, just talking about it. Like, we've always, we've always thought that, like, it would be good to have league play, right? Finish your league by a certain day, then your Six Nations starts... Finish your Six Nations, and then at the end, it's just Champions Cup. And I think if you were to do Champions Cup separate from league play and outside that window, teams would invest a bit more because once you're out of the pool stages, you're done. Right. So yeah. if you don't make it, you're done. Your season's over. Right. Yeah. Uh, you're just like every Leafs here. You're playing golf early. <laughs> there you go. You know what I mean? I mean so yeah. teams during the league don't have to risk as much because they still have a season to worry about. Right. Yeah. Like, and they even need to split their assets because yeah. they have to keep in mind, is this Champions Cup game more important than this Premiership game that's yes. coming up? And where am I going to put my resources? Would it benefit player welfare separating those leagues and separating those competitions? I, I think so. I think it would because you're, you're not worried so much about... You're just worried about getting through the league, through the season. Yeah. And then you get your big break during the Six Nations. So the best of the best end up playing Six Nations. They're the ones that are going to be the ones that are probably used the most post Six Nations because of the Champions Cup stuff but it's the best way to separate it and then there's so much more to be invested in like this you have seven weeks off yeah in it's the crazy. league it's just odd yeah. like you want ideally in any sport you want the best players playing the highest stakes games that's what you want you yeah, want checks out yeah you want the best yeah, yeah. <laughs> you want the best sporting spectacle and it seems like this model and rugby don't always come together like, people try. If you look at Super Rugby, when it was the Super 14, the Super 15, everyone was trying everything. If you look at Argentina coming into the Rugby Championship, at least there was a little bit of openness and willing to, willingness to experiment. But any time you start talking about, just to say, for example, the Six Nations, any time you start talking about changing that up, that's heretical. Die. Yeah. Yeah. Die. It's just, no. Look, for all... You could say a lot of the stuff Super Rugby does is because it's warranty because they're losing this, they're losing that. But at least they're willing to try stuff. At least they're willing to do things. At least they're willing to change things to hopefully make it more appealing. Like, they have... I think they've sort of thought about the entertainment point of the game. They want to be more entertaining. Mm -hmm. They don't want to get rid of scrums. At least I don't believe so because based on the weekend, scrums were still dominant. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? There's still four power. There's still big guys out there doing exceptional things. 
but they're trying to appeal to everyone as opposed to why the fuck are we always playing in January? Uh, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I think Jim always says summer sport. Try to make it a summer right. sport. Anytime anybody in rugby says, well, that was a game for the purists, they mean it was boring as fuck. Yeah. You're looking Just at the little, little tactical kicks, the little this, the little nuances that, like, don't get me wrong, I enjoy sometimes. Yeah. When I have no, like, real investment, I'd say, and I can yeah, like, exactly. if I really want to. But when I'm really invested in the game and I really want to watch a good game, I want to be entertained, I'm hoping to see some tries. I'm hoping to see a bit of, like, excitement. I don't really care about box kicks. Mm, like, no. it's not my thing. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. I just, again, back to Super Rugby. Like, the one thing I did notice, though, is a lot of the front rows tend to be, like, caught off. Sometimes out of hand because the game is moving so fast. Mm. Like, so they don't... It's their certain... Like... Tupo, you would expect, in Super does very well. He fucking horrendous this week. Yeah. Two tackles, missed three. He gave <laughs> five carries for two meters or something like that. Like, it was horrendous. He played horrendous. Still one more than Marlon in that one game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, thank but you. Yeah. The one thing you guys will enjoy is in the Highlanders-Blues game, the Highlanders front row came, out, came off after 43 minutes. The commentator said some stuff, but I had to look it up, the stats and stuff like that, and what I found was Ethan the Group, Jeremy Inslee, 19 tackles in 43 Are minutes. You yeah. And Henry Bell made 17 tackles in 43 minutes. Yeah. Like, it does explain the game because the Blues did have quite a bit of ball, but that's a lot of fucking, that's a lot of fucking tackles in a very high-tempo game with some really big bodies moving around. Yeah. These guys, both of those props are big. And that yeah. Hookers, yeah. Like that was impressive. That's why I think, like Ethan DeGroote, even though he's like now the All Blacks one, I still don't think he gets enough credit worldwide. Like, he's a good, right? he's a good prop. Yeah. He's a big prop. He's a good. Like, I, I like him. I think. Yeah, that surprised 19 me. Tackles nineteen tackles, forty-three minutes. minutes. Yeah. Yeah. that's hard to argue with. Yeah. Never made fucking up. Never made like, nineteen tackles in like five seasons, man. <laughs> Jeez, that's somebody putting in a shift. Holy like that's just crazy. Yeah, and that's yeah, was, in between scrums, and then I always yeah. laugh like. Again, as a five foot six hook or flank, I was never in the middle of the lineup. I was at one end or the other. Right. Because there's no point in me lifting somebody. You might as well just get some <laughs> average guy to jump on his own. But yeah. not only people understand how much that takes out. Like oh, the when they're lifting a guy in a lineup, yeah. you're lifting a 230 easily plus guy every time they got to go up. That's just taxing. And it's taxing in the same areas that a scrum is. It's like, to do anything outside of that and do it well, like, you, no. feel like a, you feel like a bag of ass this I, day. It's true. I, I mean, I was always the front lifter, and I found that exhausting, and my job was easier than the guy in the three spot yeah. who was constantly having to pivot. Exactly. And, yeah, people don't understand how much it takes out of you. Yeah. But uh, we do because we're front row and we're here for you. Yeah, baby. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we're fucked up and we know it. The Hurricanes hooker. Uh, Asafa Amua. <clears throat> Unreal. Worth Unreal. watching the highlights of the Hurricanes yeah, no. Reds Unreal. game just because of him. That I think he I think he broke three Reds players. Yeah. Oof. Oh yeah. Like I he, saw two of them. Oh my but. god, man, he was unbelievable. He just looks like a shit burger. Oh my god, he was huge. Um, and the other one that came He's up so I have fast. It, I have so it in bold so. here. Was Luke Jacobson? Unbelievable in that uh, Brumbies game. Yeah. Just mm. hitting everyone with ball, without ball. He was just taking. Souls, people's souls, man. It was incredible. The one thing I did like, and they mentioned it because it was super round this week, so everyone was in Melbourne, which I kind I don't of agree with. You saw Greg. the stance. Was I, everybody in Melbourne? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I'm uh, starting to agree with Greg Martin, who is probably bemoaning everything in Australian rugby right now. Um, 
might be time to move on from Melbourne, I think. Cut your losses. Yeah. Were they doing it at the MCG? Uh, yes, AM, is it AMI? I don't know. Okay. Is it AMI? Oh, they kept I saying it. The ones, like, they keep doing the full shot at the stadium above. It's yeah. a beautiful Because in fairness, the MCG is 100,000 people. Yeah. Like, you could lose 50. I wouldn't say, I wouldn't say it was 100. You, but you could lose 50,000 yeah. people in it, and it would oh. look like a shitty crowd. I, keep, I, think, I, they kept, think, I think it was the AMI, because I remember thinking I was confused, because yeah. I kept saying AME, and I'm like, okay, it's AMI, I'm a K. Are you, are you spelling it, or are you saying the letters? Yeah. I'm confused. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, yeah. It was, super. was awesome, but... The one, again, the one thing I noticed they said at the top of the weekend was like they had Wallabies, Joe Smith, they had All Blacks Razor there, and it's kind of a clean slate for everyone. Mm. I mean, it is, but it isn't at the same time. You have established guys who have got caps, but yeah, you sort of like if you're ever getting an opportunity, it's now, right? right? And the one thing I did notice is both teams, I mean, both countries had players that were just exceptional. People that were like a lot of the younger guys that are just up and coming looked fucking good. Yeah, certain players looked really, really good, like Jacobson. I could see him and Satutu for eight, honestly. Satutu scored a fucking hat-trick. scored two last week. He was on fire. So, like, I can see either one of them being eight. It just depends if you want power or if you want, like, a crazy skill set. Finesse all around. Yeah. Yeah. They still haven't found that replacement for Reed, though, So which is, like, that's why Artie has been there for so long. Right. That's a big problem. Yeah, that's fair. It's a big problem for them, but yeah. But Ian Artie is back for international window this year. Play him seven, man. Play him at seven. Oh, absolutely. Play him where he should be. And yeah. Is Sam Kane not also back for the international though? <sighs> yeah. That's a whole I, other. That's a whole other. He does again. It depends on what you're trying to do in terms of how you're going to play because yeah. it offers you certain un- things that are not um, quantifiable in terms of on our screens. We don't sure. see a lot of the things Sam Kane does, yeah. and he brings a certain amount of physicality. That's oh what yeah, friends like to say he brings yeah. a certain amount of physicality. Yeah, they emphasize right? a different part of that word. You're right. Yeah. Physicality. Yeah, that's just like South Africans, man. <laughs> they're the they're the athletes. We're gonna play rugby, but we're going to be physical. Yeah. So, okay. It's like that's all they want to do is just mm-hmm. smash you, and we're gonna blink lights at you from up top. Please forward all complaints to I don't care at hotmail.com. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I forgot where I was gonna go with this, but yeah, looks good. Balance the back row, basically. Yeah, that's that's the one thing. I'm, I'm very curious about the All Blacks, man. I'm very curious about front row. Especially because Razor is not going to be scared to do what the fuck he wants to do with the mm-hmm. All Blacks. So because that's a hell of a group, like a nation to pick guys out of. Yeah, everything I'm he very just excited. went through with Foster and stuff like that. Unfortunately, he has to get it right. Yeah. He still yeah has he's to got win. about two games. Still I was, yeah, was going to say, from games. Still got to win. He's still got to get it right. Yeah. But yeah. he has a lot of... Um, like goodwill from the New Zealand public because they wanted lead. it for so long. Yeah. Well. I think they'll have more leeway too from this New Zealand rugby because yeah. they've seen he's basically made a mockery of Super Rugby yeah. as a coach. And like, yeah. yeah, this guy figured out. Yeah, Ethan the Groot, Tyrell Lomax would probably be your starting props. I mean, it yeah. wasn't really up for debate, but they both look really good in the first two rounds. So. Oh yeah, especially because I mean Lomax made that shirt his own yeah. last year, and that was because scrummaging was actually his last part of his game to come yeah. top level. Yeah. <sighs> So, it, Hooker's really the only thing I'm more curious yeah. about. I've been want to see Akoy from the Chiefs get some time in camp from the lock. The Chiefs guy? The guy with Long the dreads? Hair. Yeah. He can ball. You gotta yeah, see he's like 23. You got to see his uh, after-game interview. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. He's talking about Melbourne nightlife. Yeah. <laughs> oh. And he's like, yeah. I don't know. I've heard. Yeah. It's just funny. Oh, is it? Oh. He's got, mm-hmm. like, he's uh, smooth. Like, smooth operator when he's oh, on yeah. blanket style. It's just funny. And if you run him, he hammers you, too. Yeah. Also, another thing worth of note, my friend Sonny was on COCOMs on the sidelines all Uh-oh. weekend. Oh, man, I just, great player. I just don't get why. It's almost diminishing his reputation. 
Yeah, like, the more he talks, sometimes they go to him for, like, random things, and he just says the most, like, things that... It's not even that I don't think of him, it's just, like, I don't care. Yeah. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't need talking. Bringing a history context into the podcast, there's an old Roman saying, which is in Latin, but it translates to, if you had kept your mouth shut, we might have thought you were clever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we've played arguing with people like that. Before. So it's like, yeah, you, you would have picked up that woman if you just smiled. Correct. <laughs> but you tried to talk, and they realized, wow, you should be wearing a helmet. <laughs> So do we, do we have any predictions as we leave the fallow week? Do we have any predictions for the uh, six nations? Oh, that's coming around. Hmm. Uh, well, I think it's going to be close, to be honest. But I hope, I'm thinking Scotland's going to take Italy. Yep, I reckon. And I can't remember take, the other. Wait, take a gamble on that one, Watts. Yeah. I'm trying to get that one out of the way. Wait, take, take that one out of the way. Take, I can't remember the other combos. <laughs> Stay strong. Uh, is it Wales, France? I, yeah, I yeah. will go to Twickenham and uh, France go to Millennium or whatever the fuck. Principality. There Millennium. we go. Yeah, <laughs> stick with that. Cardiff, baby. Yeah. yeah. Uh, those are, oh, those are gonna be two games, I think. You know what? I I think. I'm sorry, England one has potential to be a good game. Yes. I think France. Oh, I think will, France, Wales, Wales, Wales. I don't will think be. it will be. I think I think England are gonna go for a smash job. I don't think they have. Probably don't have the cohesion. Surprisingly, probably don't. Sorry, probably don't. Yeah, <laughs> try to be nice, yeah. okay? That's weird. Um, I think they can do it, honestly. England? Yeah, why not? Oh. Historically, they're always in a game against Ireland. There's, there's never really a blowout. Ireland can't blow out England. I don't know why they play each other so often. I just don't think Ireland can blow them out. I think England only need a chance. If you give them a chance in that game, I think they can keep up with Ireland because Ireland will stick to the system if they can disrupt the system. They can stay in the game, whereas Scotland, it's not necessarily about system play. It's individuals yeah, within the system that can do things. I don't. Ireland are they good can team. react better. I think Ireland are good teams, but I think if England, if England are going to silence some people, mm. they need to make a statement. Whether they win or not this weekend, they need to make a statement because there's a lot of good players in that team who are getting a lot of press. Warranted or unwarranted. I think winning is the only statement England can make. I don't think it's good enough for them to be valiant and creative in defeat at this point. I wish it was because I think it would make for better rugby. Yeah. But I think that the only thing that people will accept as a statement from England is a win. I suspect that this game is going to come down to the second 20 minutes. The first 20 minutes, England is going to throw absolutely everything at the Irish. And they'll be able to sustain that for the first 20 after that, the second 20, going into halftime, where that score lies, I think is going to determine the direction of the game. If England have kept it close, they're going to try to put that game on lock and smother the life out of it. But if they have to chase that game, I think Ireland is going to run all over them. Yeah. Yeah, you don't want to chase... I don't think you don't want to chase Ireland. No. It's funny... They, uh, they play differently, right? Yeah. I don't know what comes scrum time, but because of the way this game, I think, is going to go, I think... Outside the scrum, for good reasons. Uh, I think Andrew Porter is going to thrive in this kind of game. Yes. Because he's got that, like, just dogged, like, abrasiveness. That, he tackles sheep. Yeah, exactly. So he ain't scared of uh, English forwards coming at him. He's going to thrive in that, but then yeah. it's going to be interesting. I, I strongly suspect Dan Cole will be starting at three. Yes. Yeah, because so too. If yeah. that's the only way they're going to get a leg up. I don't think... Will Stewart or another tight head in that camp has it in them to do to take like to outright dominate Porter. Right. But if Dan Cole was a start, I'd be shocked if it also isn't Joe Hayes because either one of those two is going to take right. Porter to school. Right. But I think open play Porter is like going to just thrive. 
Uh, it'll most likely be Coles. It'll most likely be his favorite Marla. They're oh, yeah. going to try to hammer them at that set piece. Scrum. Yeah, they will. Right, yeah. And I think a lot, again, when it comes to scrummaging decisions, I think that if they go Ireland's way the first couple, then it's going to be a lot more interesting. Yeah. And But at the same time, I don't know a ref in the Six Nations who is going to call scrums consistently one way, even if it is dominant, for an entire game. They always shift things around. But we'll see. Then we got, then we got yeah. Wales, France. Yeah. Before we move on, I will double down since I think they're going to win. I think England can do it. And I'm going to pick God. them to win this weekend. Save some juice for other people in that oh. cult meeting. God. Curtis, <laughs> courteously denied up the Irish. I mean, I say that, but we picked France like a bunch of idiots. I know. Yeah. And the funny part is, funny part is, I still think Wales can do it this week. Wales, France. What are we thinking? Yeah, why not? I mean, I, I just I think Wales. I think again, it's going to be a tough. I think they're going to win by less than seven, but that's where <laughs> I'm going to just throw it out there. You can't get rid of them, right? And France don't seem to be. Right. They seem to be missing some. So yeah, I I fuck it. Right, for Wales to win. Yeah. I feel like I'm traveling back in time when I say this, but I will say it depends on which French team shows up. Here we wow. are again. How are the croissants made? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's not all we're here for. Yeah, but uh, if Wales is going to win, this is their shot. Uh, and France are looking tremendously vulnerable. But on the other hand, France can also show up and just obliterate them. Yeah, I think uh, I'm going to strongly commit. I think Wales is going to take it. And I, th- I think Aaron Wainwright's going to get the uh, medal around the neck mm. at the end of the game, at the end of the match. I th- because he is on some serious form. I don't think France is going to be... I mean, again, Scotland runs hard. Whoever else France has played, they come at, I don't think someone's come at them as hard as Wainwright's going to consistently. Right. And I then, think it'll be Josh Vanderfleer. I mean, who knows? Hey, Maybe he's anything to get that guy in there. Eh? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, oh, yeah, that being said, it's the only two you who's off. Yeah, he's he's done. done. So He's done. So that's... Is he's that a, two of your list that are gone now? No, because I've got Finn and... Kaylin Doris, oh, but okay. I don't think Kaylin Doris. You Doris? Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. That's a good joke. That was a good oh, yeah. joke. But at the same time now, Red Path, he's going to be starting 12 for sure. Yeah. Don't make me look like a fool more than I already do. Yeah. Yeah, we, we'd actually like to say that every week, please. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be uh, it's gonna be an interesting week. I think well, it's going to be three good games. While you guys will be watching and enjoying the games, I'll be sitting at a six-foot table with my narrating and professional writing name on them. Oh. And uh, so... Uh, Have you picked your outfit yet? I make no comment as to what my outfit is, but... Oh, I it's suppose- been chosen. Yeah, yes yeah. it has. <laughs> yeah. All right. So we'll be coming at you later on next week. Do we have any comments to make about the Pacific Cup? Uh, I, the only thing I did... I like the fact that they're going to be playing. I just annoyed that we can't watch anything. Yeah, I know. Yeah. It's kind of brutal. Between Largest that. city in the country. Scotland, Romania, Pacific Cup, one Pacific Cup game against Japan. There's no easy way unless you travel to Ottawa to watch the game. I'm not sure why. Can't really find out why, but it's kind of... It's probably... Honestly, it's probably a lot to do with... Have you been to the TD whatever in Ottawa? They did a really good job. I went there and watched when uh, Daryl was playing in Ottawa. Yeah. They've right, like, basically attached to it. The actual team, they've got all kinds of like little shops, pubs, restaurants. They yeah. really did that area well. And I didn't. Oh, you can make a day of it. Exactly. You buy some outfits. Well, yeah. 
But I didn't connect that until we just started talking about it right now in my head. That's probably got a lot to do with it. Where, I mean, yeah, BMO, you can get off the train basically in the stadium. Right. But at the end of the day, you're still in freaking Toronto. Yeah. Still. I I wish it wasn't that case. It's just like the biggest city, the biggest population, mass, everything. You think? Yeah. Like one game. Even the WXV being in Canada, not even a single game is going to be in the area, right? It's. I'm not really sure. I'm not sure if it's an affordability thing or availability thing. It's weird. kind of sucks. But uh, hopefully beating Japan will be a bit, uh, I think, of a daunting task. Beating the States in the States will be a tough challenge. I think Scotland, obviously, should be fun to watch. Um, The Romania game is the one I think will be, is, is a scalp we should take. I understand they're probably better than us at the moment, but it's still a scalp we should be fucking taking. And I don't think anything less than a win is going to be acceptable at this at this point. I agree with you. Although I would note I would have said that about Brazil four years ago. And yeah. yet still, that was somehow seen as acceptable. Yeah, I agree except for the word should beat Romania. <laughs> I think it's the only one that we have an actual chance at. Yeah, that's a that's like, an like a legitimate game. chance. But should to me just implies that... It, like we're good enough to say confidently I think it's the only one that we have a chance but I we are good enough the thing is we are good enough we have players playing in the top 14 on a consistent basis that don't even get don't don't even make the roster and I don't know why yeah I know and no one can seem to ever answer these questions at um, French club you, we mentioned mm. it earlier um, where Vandermerver was Montpellier Montpellier yeah, yeah. has Tyler uh, Dugan just signed He's been playing almost every game for them. He's on fire. Hasn't played for Canada in three, four yeah, years. Like that, yeah. Why? Would you? It's a tough one, yeah. Fair. I mean, is it a Kingsley thing or is it a Canada rugby thing or what? I, I don't... Or, or are those separate issues? At this point, are those two things distinguishable? I wouldn't imagine so because they're the same organization that keeps extending him. So yeah. I would imagine they're one and the same. Again, that high-performance review, I don't want to go through it again. I don't want to talk about it again, but it said there's a problem there, and what we did was nothing. Ignored it. Yeah, so what's the point? What's the point of spending what little money we have on a high-performance review to ignore everything that came out of it? But anyways, I just... I gently suggest there is no point. That's just my ranting about Canada. But at least <clears throat> the, WX5, the, the, the W15 stuff for the women looks good. I think yeah. being in Canada will be really, really good. It'll give us a good chance to really compete for that so I'm kind of excited about that I also would like to see and I'm looking forward to the performance of the Canadian women's sevens team in the Olympics yeah yeah. we've got one bronze and I think we can get on the podium again yeah oh for sure considering how young the team is too it's impressive yeah it's very cool so on that optimistic note we wish you all an excellent week we'll be coming at you next week a little bit later on and as always fuck Fuck Kingsley Kingsley Jones. Jones have a good week everybody